0: Excellent. An ale for me. And for my officers. In fact, ales for everyone. Oh,
1: oh, Ten Backwards. R- Rick and Rick and and Zemma.
0: Oh yes.
2: <clears throat> Hello, welcome to the latest episode of Ten Backwards, the podcast from the UK that's talking all about Star Trek. I'm Rick Everson, and joining me as always are my co hosts Gemma Turland. Hey up. Rick Palmer. Hello. And Will Turland. Hello. And this time we are going to be continuing our discussion about series three of Star Trek Discovery. Um, so this started back in episode 99 with episode one to four, and then last episode. We talked about the. Well, we basically carried on up to the last three parter. So we're going to journey now into the Veruba Nebula and see what's happened with the burn and what we think about this series overall.
1: And um, remind me, Rick, is this episode 103? No. <laughs> right.
2: Take- last episode is 104. <laughs> I know, we, we need to keep numbers on them because we nearly missed our
1: 100th episode. No. <laughs> I know, we're terrible. It's, I mean, it's is great, uh, like 100 episodes in, it's a great idea to then start numbering the episodes. I am trying and to put think... the number on
2: the titles now when I release them. But yeah, so 100, <laughs> was we talked about podcasts. Uh, 101, we interviewed Noah Ava Butt katz who plays Rin. Um, and if you haven't listened to that one, definitely go back. 102 and 3 were our held over Voyager pilot finale episodes. So then 104 we started this conversation
1: 105 now so what
2: it's just a mere 95 episodes till 200.
1: yes god we better start planning for our 200 <laughs> have not we
2: yeah if we do more interviews we better start recording them now
1: um, yeah. anyway we should track on with this one yes we? so um sorry that's my fault anyway
2: <laughs> no no it's a good question to raise Keep, keeps us on track of where we are um So we'd come up basic. We'd basically discussed the season three up to this point. So we've got three more episodes, and they're very interconnected. We get much more serialized for the last three. It's essentially a three-parter, and we 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 start uncovering the burn, what what the cause was. Um. So yeah, that's kind of a obviously the burn has been the big mystery this season, hasn't it? Yeah, it's
0: it's
2: crippled the the galaxy as we know it because warp travels a a very difficult thing to sustain you know dilithium the big the big key behind it all has become a a very rare resource um Mm -hmm. and the the burn wiped a huge amount out and killed a lot of people as it did it so um we had a lot of speculation i think over the episodes up to this point saying what could have caused the burn um I know I had a number of conversations, thinking who who did it, and it was always a case of who did it. Someone did it. Is it a, in a def-
3: did it. well, yeah?
2: But we—I was thinking yeah. deliberately. It was advanced civilization. Yeah. A lot people yeah. said things like, "Was it Q? Was this a big test, or had Q had enough and decided actually to cripple space travel? Was it the Dominion? Was it the Borg? You know, all these various ideas." Um, and I—I I, I had long conversations of my imaginary friend Nile about. The, 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 the motives for such a thing and the, the gains because if, if this was an enemy action per se a hundred years they've not capitalized on it yes mm, yeah. Um, yeah so then um, ultimately it turns out that it was a very upset little boy
1: yeah <laughs> and it wasn't done with any malicious intent no it's, it's a bit of a kind of a curveball i guess Mm. and i i don't know that i loved the way that it was revealed in this episode it it felt it was almost like a bit of a kind of blink and you miss it sort Mm. of one like ah, this is what Mm. must have caused the burn wait wait a minute what Mm -hmm. what was that
3: yeah and then it was hang on
1: that's really important yeah
3: so call. he caused the burn
0: bodies adapt all this dilithium and subspace radiation his cells acclimatized to it in utero as they divided but he was only a child then something must have happened to trigger him
1: i have to pull
3: you all out now
2: i'm in a a stable
3: pocket but it won't be stable for long
1: yeah and then the episode is is so busy it kind of moves on
3: Mm, uh, we,
1: we don't define it i think until the
2: finale do we but no. it's all,
3: we don't define it, but it is already laid out mm. for you. So, as a viewer, you already know this three episode, three episodes from the end. Yeah, it's already been stated. Yeah, I mean, and then what? what did and mean? then it almost. I mean they they do say it, but then it almost kind of gets. It takes three episodes for it to kind of sink in to the conclusion yeah. that, that that oh, it was the death of his mother, which was pretty obvious. That caused, and I, yeah. I do not have a problem at all with the fact that it was a non-malicious act. It was a, it was an accident. I think that's, I think that's a really interesting way to go about it. But I just don't like the explanation of how to do it. Mm-hmm. I, that really, in, well, it annoys me. <laughs>
0: It annoys me. I think as well. Um, it gets it gets sort of wrapped up in Saru's involvement in this part of the story as well. So as soon as Saru finds out that it's a Kelpian ship that's stuck in this part of space, like this is a point in which his story in the entire series changes. It's a, it's a you know it's. Um, which is fine. I I understand why he went down, um, but I, I I just kind of I I, th- I think it feels like it was a story that was as much to do with what's the, like a like a like a point, a, a, not an end point, but a, a point at which they wanted to take the Saru character too, as much as as what was going on with, with the burn. Um, I, I, found with, with, with these three episodes as well, it was, it was interesting that the finale of this series, the, the captain of the ship wasn't on the ship, for example. Mm. I, yeah, I didn't dislike I didn't dislike yeah,
3: it. It's it. of Star Trek though, isn't it? <laughs> no, the captain. I, I didn't
0: dislike yeah. it. I just, um, I think that, There were there were some things that I I, I, that I found about these three episodes that that maybe seemed like a bit unnecessary, but but. so for example, they they find the ship and they so it's Saru and Burnham and uh, Culber they beam down and they find that they've been altered.
3: Yeah.
2: So
0: so Burnham's been altered to look like a, I can't, a trill, and uh-huh. Ulba looks like a Bajoran. Bajoran. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, Saru's been altered to look like a human. Um, <coughs> and, and the idea is that uh, there's this holodeck program running on this Kelpian ship designed to protect this child. And mm-hmm. it makes sure that people on it look like species that that the child will recognise. But the only question I had about that is that that Colbert, Burnham and Saru are surely already speaking yes. that the child will recognise. So why does it change them? Yeah. Especially Saru. I think that's mm. kind of intimated in
2: the fact that the the programming is antiquated and fallen apart. So I think it's probably not it's it, it's more f- more because it's deteriorating
3: yeah, than but making why would logical, they keep sensible the urine? choices over a human because a bajoran surely is a later addition, and then they're therefore Mm. less ingrained within the program i'm not sure it's making specific
2: sensible choices the deterioration was probably making it just apply random things without
3: you know without having
2: any sort of real process around this this person would look friendly it would just be like someone's coming in make them look like the bajoran
0: but regardless of the situation. but rick to be fair and i don't want to get caught up in this but later on it's it's able to determine a non-corporeal life form it's doing pretty well i would say yeah <laughs> <That's> <laughs> for a, true. For a, failing, for a failing system i don't wanna i don't want to get into like a like no you're about, about this
3: Plus, don't they have like starfleet um uh when they have like Um, signals that are recognised as Starfleet or a a federation on them in their technology therefore it would know that they wouldn't have to change them because they're Starfleet Hmm.
2: That bit's broken, the recognition (laughs) of who they are is broken the picking out non-corporeal intelligences though, that's fine that bit's surprisingly robust
1: you could maybe in your head, can you can <laughs> say, well, it's it's malfunctioned to the point that it's the program has kind of evolved, uh, and so it doesn't work very well in some ways. But it was never part of the programming that it would pick up non-corporeal mm. entities, and that's something it it's put that's all of its energies at. into. Mm. Yes, but it but it's failed at mm. loads of other things. I wonder.
0: I have to. Admit, I, 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 I wonder, wonder if this, these are conversations yeah. that happened in the in the like the writers' room. The discovery. I, I wouldn't, because I I don't know much about the process of writing a TV show, and oh. but I know that I know that a lot of the time the the writers do get together and they kind of thrash out ideas and stuff. I'm. I would imagine there's a if, conversation. Be, was, sorry, Rick.
2: I would imagine there's a conversation about. Wouldn't it be great to give Doug Jones some time out of that makeup? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I Yeah, I, yeah.
0: I, 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 I you know what, Rick? I think you hit yeah. the nail on the yeah. head. I think that yeah. might be. Something. I think mm. like let's let's give him some time off for it. Yeah, I think
3: is... maybe Doug for the love of God, please, just yeah. one episode. The cynical Same part thing. of
1: me thinks like, did he come into an office and be like, guys, this makeup is it's so difficult i'm gonna quit if i have to wear this makeup one more time this season i am done they're like okay right let's think of a way in the last three episodes he doesn't have to
0: wear <laughs> it like, with, like in our conversation with noah he was talking about the yeah, what it was... involves like full, mm. like full contact lenses basically being on stilts it's an it's an incredibly taxing process isn't it so yeah i completely understand that
2: <laughs> i mean you, what, during the first couple of years i don't know if any of you ever saw the videos but both um mary chifo and ken mitchell put up videos of themselves being put into klingon makeup and it's so much more involved than you ever think you know during next gen mm, yeah. times i always assumed they stuck your skull cap on for a klingon bit of a wig you know then like painted in the joins and had a lovely sculpted forehead and it was a bit of a long process and I'm sure it's uncomfortable but it's, in, it's entire head covering. It's over shoulders and everything. But at least in Discovery, mm. Klingons, it's, it's like flipping out. That's so much more than I ever. And, and I think this is one of the things that social media in these days, we get this we get, get to see these insights that we probably never would have seen before because an actor can post, you know, they've got very little else to do but post to social media while they're sat in the makeup chair for three hours having a full head appliance put on them i suppose um
1: yeah and I, I bet they've got a better makeup budget now than they yeah. had the <laughs> tng era as
2: well I, I would imagine though if um if instagram had been a thing um back in the tng era we'd have seen some stuff from michael dawn he'd be like flipping neck it's so much more than i ever thought
0: <laughs> yeah so
2: um yeah i can completely appreciate that duck jones would I don't know. He seems such a lovely, chilled man. I can't imagine him going in the office and just begging for a t- for a break. But no. I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise no. me if they they thought, Do you know, what he's got lovely big eyes because he had mm-hmm. you see him that he's got these awesome big eyes and they don't see him in the mask. Let's give him some actual face time on here for a bit.
1: Yeah, I, I imagine they they thought he you know he's so well known for appearing under. Layers and layers of prosthetic. Mm -hmm. Let's actually give him an opportunity to just be a a human man on Mm -hmm. camera. And I I, I think that's probably more likely to be the reasoning rather rather than him (laughs) kicking off. I can't can't really picture it. I could almost imagine the slightly horrified, well, terrified look that
2: Saru has when he's appearing human isn't because Doug Jones is portraying him as like bizarre, you know, oh, I am a I don't know what to do. It's because Doug Jones is terrified of acting with that mask on. He's never done it before.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's
2: like, oh my god, I feel but
1: naked. Like, it feels obvious that it's something that they wanted to do in the production of the show, rather than something that the the story drove. If you see what I mean. Mm. Yeah.
3: Uh, also, though, it, is there any possibility that they wanted to keep um, a distance between? The the crew and the the child. I, I was about the, to say.
2: I think. Mm, uh, I think. Yeah. If Saru had appeared Kelpian. It mm-hmm. would been far easier for him to establish that rapport with Sukarl. Uh, Sukarl.
3: yeah. I think
2: that, that I think they needed that as a further that difference as a further obstacle. That's the Kelpian mm. who doesn't appear Kelpian has to try and relate to one of his own race. Kind of that. So from yeah. dramatic mm. I think that maybe helps. Doing that, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like you have to kind of fudge the technicalities around it. But you've always have done with holodeck stuff anyway, because you know it's so inconsistent. Sometimes people have to dress up to go in the holodeck. Sometimes they walk in, and the holodeck makes clothes around them. It's never been consistent yeah. one way or the other. So it's, it's yeah. I'm kind of like, I'm not. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I don't want to get too deep into that one because, like, well, do you know what, I could pull out no end of examples where it's never been done. Pure, yeah, really consistently all before. So
1: yeah, we should save it for the uh, for the five part series we've got planned. <laughs> the holodecks don't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: ambitious Which if you was... think we're going to keep it as low as five parts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know, I know. <laughs> you right. I mean, I did think that the um, this this episode in particular showed the great. Uh, sort of level of effects that that discovery is able to pull off like the holodecks never looked this good mm. <laughs> the tng there's some really epic looking stuff mm. that they did in the holodeck i thought
2: yeah um sorry i um, peddling back a little bit because um when i asked yeah. on twitter for some responses bill smith of the uh trek geeks podcast responded which a sent me like oh my god because that, that, that's a massive Star Trek podcast. I'm like, that's, so I always get excited if um, someone from that high level knows, you know, recognises us, who I am or anything like that. Um, but he said, I thought it was great that the cause of the burn was not a villain or something to fight. And that's something that's very Star Trek. So, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think that's got sort of echo, yeah, echo what we were just saying is that for all the things that we were kind of gearing towards Oh, is this gonna be an enemy action in, in a way? Also in a lot of the theories I was seeing. It wasn't, it was a, it was a scare child. And you know, I saw my little boy have a tantrum when um, earlier today when um, the grandfather clock was kicked off Mass Singer and he was devastated. And I thought, flipping out if he was linked to Dilithium <laughs> yes. uh, Yeah, the galactic civilization would be fucked.
0: Yeah. Who was, yeah, the, my... who, who was the grandfather, Clark? Glenn Hoddle. <laughs> brilliant.
3: <Yeah.
0: laughs> that's, that's the, my, my little
2: boy's got no idea who these people are, so he just gets attached to the costume and wants them to win.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, brilliant! That, no, that's, that makes that makes absolute sense.
1: My uh, my son will have a full meltdown if he doesn't get to go on his preferred side of the bed for story time. Oh and what's confusing about that is the preferred side of the bed changes from day to day. Mm-hmm. Depends what the what the kids have decided is the side of the bed that they want That's to go on. That's the most on.
3: prized, yeah. And I
1: just, it's the most ridiculous argument <laughs> that we have at bedtime. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it results in massive... Mm tantrums and uh, yeah i am just grateful that he has zero connection to dilithium <laughs> i don't know oh my God. i mean it's it's it is an interesting idea and, and I, I agree with that point that it is interesting that it wasn't a sort of a, some kind of super powerful fact that had a malicious intent mm-hmm. it was something that no one was really expecting and i I do like that about it, and I think we had a discussion when when that first came up, Jimmer. And I think that was that was kind of how I felt at the at that point. But I <laughs> but I also on the other side of it, I I do agree with your point that the explanation of so he was in the he was in the room and and he yeah, formed lots a,
3: and lots of dilithium. Therefore, he has. Bonded with the dilithium, and is now capable of controlling or affecting the dilithium right. all over the universe. Because dilithium—don't forget—dilithium has a sub
1: has a subspace. subspace
3: component.
0: How bodies adapt? All this
1: dilithium and subspace radiation. His cells acclimatized to it in utero as they divided. But he was only a child.
0: Then something must have happened to trigger him. I'm
2: not not sure necessarily that he could just on his own affect at all. I think the fact he was on a planet full of dilithium.
3: Yes. Okay. And there's an amplifier (laughs) effect. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I I like the fact. I really like the fact that it is not an, um, an enemy force. I like the fact that it was a scared child. I like. And it was a, just just an an outpouring of of emotion that caused this. I mm. like that. I don't I don't like the woolly explanation of how it was able to happen.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean that,
3: that for for a denouement for such for a for such a big story, if you will,
0: mm. um,
3: to basically the 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 decimation of. Of um, an empire, for want of a better word, uh, it, it's so it's so unsatisfying.
1: So is that isn't it? It's such a it's a big. It's not that it's like a single episode. It's a massive story mm. in, in in the Star Trek universe. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and so I'll, tell
0: you, you go. I mean, for the most part, more recent Star Trek has definitely kind of al- aligned itself to. Sort of a, a scientific outlook on things, like rationality and mm. the re- repeatability of, of of evidence. You know, like it, it has a scientific outlook on how to interpret things, and I don't, I don't particularly dislike the the concept. I just think that they had to they had to kind of cram in a lot of explanation in terms of what was going on. Um, I mean, I would I would have been happy if. We hadn't found an answer if, if the if the burn had just been some kind of mysterious event that we didn't find the answer. Mm. to. But I guess if you're introducing something like that, you're only introducing it. I suppose if you're going to have that answer,
3: yeah.
2: I mean, and I think I,
0: that, I just found that I don't know. I'm not a huge I'm not a huge fan of of feelings doing
1: <laughs> just not just in general.
0: <laughs> I'm just not a huge fan of, of feelings having like massive effects like that i think that mm-hmm. i think that emotion can have huge effects but not on that level i think you know like one person one person can have a huge effect on on a world but but not through that it's i i, th- I think there's a I, I think there's a better way that you can sort of tell that story about a person's effect on mm. something there will, uh, there but has to but, be. but i i don't know i just it, I did not i d I didn't I wasn't a huge fan of this explanation. It seemed sort of and there was a point where it seemed to be kind of enmeshed with with Saru's character journey. There was a point where there's a point at which I thought this is this is leading I there was a point I think maybe in the not in the the very last episode, but in the in the penultimate episode where I think, is Saru gonna die? Is this is is this leading up to Saru dying? And, and I, don't, I don't know. And then it, it it just became this 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 kind of story with um, with Sukal got in mesh with with Saru, and I just I I don't know. I wasn't sure I wasn't sure where where they were going with 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 the finale. Uh, I thought I felt mm. yeah. I think um, yeah.
3: Oh no. But I didn't Stop hate
0: it. <laughs> is, I, I just found myself this these are the things I was thinking about when I was watching it. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> I don't I don't I, mind it being linked to Saru's story. <clears throat> I don't mind it being he's he's a character that has been set adrift. Well he's chosen to set himself adrift from his own people. And then he was set adrift in time, and now he's found out that his people were part of the Federation, but have oh no, are they still part? I don't know. And then he's found this lost child of his race, mm. and he's, and he has that connection that he's a lost child of his race. This child is a lost child of this race. He has a almost paternal reaction to to him, and I know I, I don't have a problem with that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean, but, no, but isn't isn't there a part of being in the staffy that means that you sort of you you understand that, but you, but. You, that, you that, 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 that's, that. that's the price of service isn't it like isn't service about understanding that but but still kind of committing but to being to, be captain or something i mean isn't this
3: series has, has kind of explored um how much you're you can or willing to give up for service um throughout this season with Burnham and now with Saru, I think.
1: Yeah, I guess that's kind of been a th- a, th- a bit of a theme, maybe. Yeah. It would be
2: interesting to see next season, actually, if this is where Saru's going, is he going to have to make some choices? Uh, you know, is Starfleet going to say, right, you've had your, your leave, now you need to come back? And he's like, well, actually, I've got this... I feel I have this responsibility to Sukarl and my and yeah,
0: who's older than me?
2: Yeah, <laughs> Probably. but a pair of them are helping
0: My son, who's older than me,
2: <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. So being, it, 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 I'm kind of yeah. interested to see where the story goes from here because I think it's not finished. So <laughs> mm, maybe yeah. But going back to what well, Gemma well, said about well, paternal, yeah, is an interesting way because um, yes, there's that paternal. There's also another another very paternal relationship gone through this series, and um, one of our one of our well another friend of the show, um, Rebecca Lockley, has said in in response on Twitter, "I love the interactions between Stamets, Adira, and Colbert forming their own little family," Um, and that's really kind of a a big story, particularly for Stamets, um, who develops a very fatherly relationship with Adira. Um,
0: Yeah. I have to admit, there was a point when um, Stamets and Korba started to remind me of um, oh um, Mitch and Cam from Modern Family.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: a, a little bit, but uh, but I do like it. I, I, I agree with Rebecca. I, I did like this part of. Of this season I, I thought it was nice well,
2: the, the key difference is yeah. that Stamets and Culbert actually pay attention to their child which yeah. <laughs> Mitch and yeah, and, a good point. myself and my lovely yeah. wife have had many conversations that apart from Phil Dunphy everyone in Modern Family is a twat well, they, they, they routinely lie to each other. They spin great webs of deceit. They actively try and avoid <laughs> each other when it doesn't suit them. Apart from Phil, who is whose only aim in life is to try and make other people happy, and probably the, the Luke. um I think everyone else is a jerk.
3: And, and Phil's dad. Oh, okay, Phil's dad as
2: well. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, That's that, <laughs> that, that <laughs> too scary. scary. <laughs> that could be said about most. Characters in sitcoms.
3: In sitcoms. <laughs>
0: yeah. All the all the all the main characters in the Big Bang Theory are awful. Yes. Yeah. They're horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's um, sometimes that's the point
2: of, of of sitcoms, though, is you have to make horrible people because it's easier to laugh at them. Yeah.
3: Uh,
1: but um... go <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Go back to Stamat. Yeah. Uh, stamets to you know, darren
2: Colver and their little family. I, I,
1: you know? Yeah. That that's a that's a. A kind of a part we haven't touched on yet, and that that's be certainly in the second half of the series that became more prominent, I Mm. think. And um, yeah, I really liked all that stuff. Mm. I thought that's something we haven't actually really seen in Star Trek before, like a sort of um, kind of not only two um, gay dads, but like a sort of a foster family. but, but not only that, but like a foster family where the the kid is like older than the dads, <laughs> but but the, but physically she they.
3: old I suppose that they have cause memories because they're
1: trill. trill. Yeah, wow. they have trill in them. Mm. So it's a it's a really oh, complicated so, thing to even get your head around. Fun. Not to mention
2: yeah. that um, Adira has not an imaginary boyfriend, but. To what external appearances would seem that they have an imaginary boyfriend, but Stamets well, immediately accepts this, and is a bit yeah. like, Do you know what? I don't know shit about Trill, so I'm just, I'm just going to go with. I'm going to absolutely believe you that you have Gray sat there at this table commenting on what I'm doing and saying. If you tell me that he's still with you, what's his name? Gray. Gray.
0: I believe you. Mm. You know, and there's
2: no point. They say, "Do you think you maybe want to go to sick bay
0: or anything <laughs> like
2: that?"
3: No, I don't that his his partner died completely, and then he pulled him out of the
1: like some of kind of some kind other of other space. Uh, yeah, yeah. But he says he says does that, doesn't yeah, He yes, he, 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 does. he sort of yeah, reminds yeah. us of that experience, and that informs mm. his reaction to. Mm-hmm. Adira is saying, "Yeah,
3: yeah." I mean, my my one tiny caveat to the whole relationship is that surely Adira does have parents somewhere. That's what I and they, <laughs> and they have just kind of totally accepted these two guys who then have decided that they're going to be their parent. Uh, I just yeah. I, that's the only tiny caveat I have to that.
2: Do you know, Jim, I was just thinking. I'm so glad that they depict two crew becoming, you know, parental because essentially Adira is a is underage on this ship, completely okay. alone, and someone someone needs to adopt them, you know, to an, to yeah. an extent. At no point though, it would have like I Adira must have had parents at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Where are they? Because we get the backstory: yeah. Adira and Gray were on this transport together as a couple, mm. but. You don't. <laughs> no, explain why? Why? Why is that? Why is?
3: That? Well, maybe their parents died on the shuttle. Or,
2: uh, oh, yeah, that would be the easier explanation, actually. Well,
3: but yeah. But then again, what? What? what were they doing on the <laughs> on the shuttle? Because uh, Earth is is separatist. They're that going point. somewhere. And, and I, I. forget isolation. where.
1: <laughs> Good fight. they were going somewhere.
3: Uh, <laughs> were oh there. yeah! Sorry, you answered my question. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there you go you answered it okay. yeah
3: that's good i like getting an answer for my question <laughs>
1: <Touché>. um, <laughs> but no i i did i like i i agree um with rebecca i like i really liked all mm. that stuff yes. and, and it felt like that's something we haven't seen a lot of in star trek before any any time when we sort of get to see parents being parents even if they're sort of foster parents i think that's interesting because it's not something that no. star trek
3: I does think, all the
1: time no um, i
3: think the only real comparable example is uh, com- comparable yeah there you go that's the word is um cisco yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah, fine, uh, I suppose.
3: Well, yeah. yeah
1: I, s- I suppose Molly is is so much younger, so that we d- uh, I don't know. We just, don't see much of no, Molly, we do don't, we?
3: And we don't really see much of that. She's more like, I mean, oh, yeah, she has. She had a whole episode um dedicated to her, but.
2: We, we don't talk about that, that episode, great. right?
3: No. Uh, <laughs> I
2: do feel for a significant portion of Deep Space Nine, though, they packed Molly and Keiko off to Beja on Keiko's botanical missions. And, yeah. and I just feel like they just yeah. did that to get out of having to sort of address Keiko's existence for quite a while. And, and by extension, Molly's. It was easier to have. They've they've yeah. they found the O'Brien Bashir relationship much more fascinating to work
1: on. Yeah. So. So. Um, Bashir was too interested in Garrick. So I mean, that whole oh, kind of O'Brien like, Garrick Bashir love triangle could have been brilliant. Yeah.
0: But they had they had sort of established that Keiko was on a on a on a space station where she didn't really have a function, like she was a teacher for a while and then oh, that absolutely. didn't work out so mm-hmm. it did make sense for her to do something it oh, was I'm, more meaningful I'm,
2: I'm glad they did it, th- that she had a profession and you know, a career that she was pursuing rather than just hand-waving her away and, you know, but um, it's, it still to me felt like they just didn't want to deal with that relationship of O'Brien's because they thought him and Bashir was more interesting, but Hmm. I'm maybe yeah. being over cynical. Anyway, the point was, uh, yeah, the Cisco director, was great. I noticed no one well, mentioning I Beverly I and Troy Wesley.
0: Story, I guess.
3: Oh God, yeah, Wesley. I completely forgot about <laughs> Beverly and Wesley.
2: Yeah, remember, Troy, remember that time Troy, she left isn't... him for a year?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Troy, oh
0: yeah, the whole <laughs>
3: And then he went off and ascended, and everyone was like, meh. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: and, and wait, wait, the, the Loaxana, Troy, and Deanna.
3: Yeah, but they were adults. She uh, was yeah. adults. It's not, not
1: a parent-child relationship. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. She certainly, um, Lwaxana treated Troy like a child. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah but anyway do you know we should focus back sorry, to yeah. the reaction, yeah. um, it's,
2: a, it's a really really good relationship and I really enjoy it um,
3: mm. and of course um, Adira goes off and saves Kulba, basically she yeah. they sorry go off and save their dad
2: yeah oh and um, Culber's reaction yeah. Ooh, when he when he course. sees Grey
3: yes
1: yeah
2: it just just hugs him and it's lovely yeah um, and
3: that is nice. I mean, it, I like that the whole gray. That whole gray sequence. Um, really, uh, I'm I'm really happy to see that that is gray is definitely going to get some kind of hollow body in the next. That's season.
2: what I was going to say. That's this establishing the technicalities the end, yeah. that they can do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not I'm, I have no trouble with this. A couple of people have like queried it, but we've seen this um, on DS9 in Field of Fire. Trill is able to essentially bring forth a singular past personality mm-hmm. and have them come, and so it's so a Je- um, Esri. Sorry, ran around with um, Murdery Dax, Duran for an uh, episode. Murdery, yeah. murdery
0: Dax, that was yeah. The, yeah. my favourite.
2: And um, <laughs> so, I, I, I mean, I just take Grey's existence to be an accidental triggering of that process because Adira being human, it's not. It's not mm. a perfect joining. Glitches have come up, and probably Adira's strong feelings for Gray would exacerbate oh, yeah. that
3: and bring that bond. Yeah. So, my what what I am interested in in seeing is how Gray will because surely Gray will always be tethered to Adira. So Gray will never be able to, I don't know, be
1: like sort of exist separately yeah. in a way. Mm. I would, I would imagine. No. I mean. To be
2: fair, Adira established the technology for um, Stamets to literally stick his hand in some goo and establish a mental link with the spore drive.
3: Mm -hmm. Yes, but that's still a connection, isn't it? Yeah, couple that to
2: a a hollow emitter like the doctor had. Bish, bash, bosh, you've got grey. But as you say, no No,
3: no, 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 I I know that grey is going to be able Hmm. to... <clears throat> to exist uh, corporeally, but is is Gray ever going to be able to exist in a separate room? No, to Adira. No.
2: Sorry, that that was what I was, I was. I was half thinking out loud about the technology, but also, yeah saying the point is that is it's got to be a mental link, as as you say, mm. absolutely tethered. Oh yeah. Tethered to Adira.
3: Hmm.
2: What, a... what about yeah. all the times
0: where he yeah, disappeared? Where was he when he disappeared?
2: Uh, he, he said he didn't. He, he was unsure of himself and didn't want to come out. He was unsure of his, his place. isn't,
0: but that—that that sounds like it, it. Doesn't sound like he didn't know where he was. He was like, uh, oh, know." He was on
1: the.
3: Well, oh, no, he didn't go away. He just didn't, he didn't uh, manifest yeah. for her. Right,
1: ah, yeah. them, them, yeah. But Tired.
0: then, so is he? But is but but then is he a noncorporeal entity, or is he a manifestation of the? of the symbiote. So is he the symbiont or is he a separate entity?
2: It's a manifestation from the symbiont, uh where normally it's it's all blended. You can have right. them individually brought out. We see it when Jadzia has a Jantara and each one inhabits another body. And we see it again in Field of Fire when Duran comes out. Um, right. exactly. So rather than having the blending and mixing it all within the symbiote and host, you can bring one out as a separate voice Although it is limited, it's still within, it's still sharing the same brain or brains, because there's two, obviously. Right, okay. So um, I, I'm taking that, that Grey is is a separate consciousness mm-hmm. that's been, ta- you know, sort of taken out of the blending, but still obviously... Grey was, he? yes. was the host, wasn't he?
0: Yes. Yeah. Grey was the host. So he's not like he's a previous... Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting confused. Yeah. <laughs>
2: this is right, okay. this is why I'm so happy that trills are, are, are a thing again in in Star Trek because they're really the, the the possibilities are quite boundless for them. I think they're fascinating. There's a lot you can do with them.
0: I think in season four, they should have a lower X episode of discovery where characters are equally confused by what's going on.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and for just
0: yeah. to kind of you know, a bit of fan service. To, mm. you know, Cause we are all like, well, wait a minute. Well, why did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, so hang on. It's what's, what's happening with the hologram. Is, is, is he part of a dear or what? And also why was everyone, everyone like toasting Georgia? Wasn't she
3: Hitler? What
2: she like? <laughs> yeah, like?
0: Like Cannibal Hitler? Mm. <laughs> well, not yeah, Cannibal. Hannibal Hitler. No. Hannibal, Hitler. <laughs> Hannibal. Hannibal Hitler was all right. It was Adolf Hitler that was the bad one. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hannibal Hitler. <laughs> um, I, th- I think we should talk about some of the other aspects <laughs> of the finale, hmm. like um, so, Timmy. Uh, being captain and Asira, and she's oh, yeah. uh, coming to the Federation headquarters to mm-hmm. try and broker a peace deal. Because mm. I, I, really liked that stuff. So that happens in the middle episode. Yes, um, mm. I really liked that stuff with Asira and and the and the admiral who mm-hmm. is not a admiral.
3: But I don't know, though
1: he scuppered the deal, didn't he? He's he a did good Marble. He's a bit. good verbal. Is, yeah yes. no i think he scuppered uh, it because there was a principle yeah. that you you yeah you can't no, just yeah. Fair enough. I, I i think i because think because he, he
3: was going to go with it he just wanted her to be held accountable for her yeah yeah right.
1: which isn't yeah I agree. yeah Cool. Yeah. No. i think there's, <laughs> that, there's like because otherwise the other side of it is you have to say well hang on so the federation is willing to to bend over and and do do business with a Yikes. criminal organisation. Yeah. And w- so what are the Federation's ideals then yeah. really? What are they really worth if they're willing to do that? Absolutely.
2: I, mean, and that, I think that's the point where I think he's definitely not a bad moral because he has, he has stood up to this and said, we're willing to form an alliance with you, but not not criminal you, not you, you. Mm. We need someone mm. who isn't, you know, a, a, a big old murdery jerk like you, Asira. So Yes. Yeah. Also, also, hope you enjoyed the apples made of a poo. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How do you yeah. like sure. how do you like fire? how do you like them apples? <laughs> oh he should have said that. You should have said i do like them apples?
2: Yeah.
3: But, um, that was a great uh, conversation. I I loved all the stuff between those two mm. characters. It's made of our shit, you know.
1: That's the base material that we use in our replicators. We deconstruct it to the
0: atomic level and then reform the atoms. It's pretty good for shit, and we don't have to commit atrocities for it.
1: Well, you're not being very diplomatic. And you're wasting my time.
0: Yeah, that was, yeah. yeah, definitely. I, I felt um, the, the Osiris character I felt was more interesting in that in the first mm. part of the finale. Yes. Um In the second part, she kind of resorts to being like just a. A bad guy, really. Uh,
3: I,
2: I saw
0: I saw one person refer to her as pantomime villain, and I think that's
2: not that's not entirely true. Like you say, I think when she comes forth with the peace deal, you can tell she's devious, she's tricky, and you've got to be really careful. And the whole thing goes really well. I think there are points, though, maybe in the very last episode, where you, yeah, I kind of see where you're getting that impression from. Not that I necessarily fully agree, but I can certainly see we could derive that.
3: Mm. I, I don't think to describe her as devious and tricky in that situation is fair. I think she wanted this deal because she she saw that it was the best from her position, her standpoint. She saw that it was the best choice for both parties, but she just simply was not ready to sacrifice herself.
0: For yeah, that. that's the thing. She yeah. sees herself as as the leader of the M. Mm. It, the Emerald Chain is her. Is her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I mean, the, the 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 offer she makes is a you know is a is a, is a
3: genuine, one, a isn't genuine it? one.
0: and Then you know the the,
3: the, Emerald chain, the Emerald Chain
0: gains legitimacy, and mm-hmm. the Federation gains power. Basically,
3: yeah. this is an armistice
1: with terms that your president can sign off on. The Emerald Chain will desist from any so-called prime directive violations moving forward. And I
3: commit to a 15-year systematic walk back from Quajon and any other worlds like it. Anything less than you are buying chaos, and you know it.
0: It's a tempting offer, but yeah. it's just that last yeah. bit well, where, you know, like you say, the Vance Rance says, well, yeah, you need to... You need to- Dan, for what you've done, and then yeah, yeah, agree. Like, <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I do yeah, think that... also
2: she's really well played. I really enjoyed her. So general,
3: yeah,
2: um, It's worth worth noting the actress is the isn't she's the niece of um, the actress who played Lois Lane in the Christopher Reeve Superman movies.
1: Huh. All right.
2: Uh, i didn't know oh rewatch the episodes where they're in and you'll see the resemblance you, once you
1: know you're just like i can't not see it so what, what, what did you guys think of so i i think i really enjoyed the middle episode because it did it felt like it riffed a little bit on uh, uh diehard slash enemy mm. mine mm. <laughs> with having burnham running around um on the I ship starship mine um, Oh, Starship Mine, yeah. Sorry, Starship um, Mine, where Picard does Die Hard. Yeah. Sorry, I'm mixing, mixing up the mines. <laughs> um, I I thought all that stuff was was really fun. Yeah, um, yeah
2: definitely. Um, I really um, really
1: liked the point um
2: when the bridge crew are all locked up and they've like been tapping out messages to each other. Um, I love anything where the the Starfleet crew show that their training and preparedness means they're ready for this and they're going to suddenly turn the tables I always love those bits and I love the books there like what are you guys doing oh shit you had an amazing plan flipping heck that's <laughs> awesome
0: yeah <laughs> should have just, I should have just stunned them and then they wouldn't have been able to do that that's what I was thinking <laughs> Like, <laughs> why? Well, you, yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they, yeah, bad guys always get easily wound up. Bad
0: guys, come on, bad guys,
3: stupid bad guys. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Quit doing that, ah and yeah, then they all get drunk, the bad guys. Yeah. I, I
0: love, Kick-ass oh. Tilly. sorry, Demo, Kick
3: Ass leader, war leader Tilly was fantastic.
1: She was, she, yeah, yeah, I thought she is pretty cool. Yeah. Some of
3: us are gonna fall, but don't turn back, keep going. That oh. was oh. Pretty
0: cool. Yeah. We can die here, or we can die stopping Osira and saving the Federation. But that is up to you, each of you.
1: Yeah, I thought she stepped up.
0: She did.
2: <laughs> yeah, she's fantastic. She,
0: you know, All really I would say is, like, this—the lesson of this episode: is if you take prisoners and you have weapons with a stun setting, stun, <laughs> stun, <your prisoners. laughs> stun, stun
3: the heck out of
1: them. Yeah, and then there won't be any bother. <laughs> yeah.
3: Or at least just tie them up or something. I mean, they, to
1: yeah. be fair, they do try and suffocate them. Uh, oh, well, that's that, that, that It's too late, isn't it? yeah. isn't it? The yeah. horse has yeah. already bolted. do do that straight away. Stun them first, at least. Yeah. Way easier to suffocate then, as well. Oh, <laughs> yeah. As a, as definitely, extra, yeah. Don't move around. So. That's a good
3: Although idea. A air, oh,
1: that's so a that that good point. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
3: That's true, and of course, there's the um, the uh, standoff with Rin and uh, Book,
0: oh. and
3: then captured, yeah. and then oh my god,
2: Rin gets gets executed. Gets, I was yeah. I was terrified for him, and then Book says, "No way, I can tell you where there's a whole shitload of dilithium. and like ah, oh, she's oh, he's going to bargain his way out of this. Rin's going to be okay, and then she just blows him away. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she'
1: just like flipping heck. It was a sad end for that character, but I thought it was a I thought it was a cool moment for Asira. Like it, it hmm. made, I like that she didn't go for the deal that Book was trying to. No, and she was just like no, fuck but, this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I
3: just,
1: uh, something else. Uh, the
0: character. We saw was Aurelio played by Ken Mitchell. Yes, oh, I liked sure. I like that character. I yeah. thought that was an mm. a addition to the story.
2: I was I was glad they mm. found something. Mm. They found a role for Ken Mitchell again as well because he's um, he played the um, the main Klingon bad guy for the first half of season one. Mm. Mm.
1: Uh, ah, right, the one that
2: took the um, took the uh, ship of the de- dead from um, oh, Vok. Took Oh, right. it was killed by Burnham um. early on. So then there was Vok in charge. Then, um, yeah, Ken Mitchell's Klingon came and took the ship off him. Vok went and pretended to be Ash for a bit.
0: Or yeah.
2: complex. Oh, yeah, long time ago. But, yeah, obviously yeah. Ken Mitchell's character was killed when the ship was blown up by Discovery, um, when Lorca had done all those jumps and, oh, and then he returned yeah. the following season, firstly as the <laughs> Klingon who um was trying to take the leadership from from um Mary Chifo's character, Lorel thank you. Um mm-hmm. from Laurel um and yeah, threatened the baby and was ultimately killed by the um them when Giorgio turned up. Um, mm-hmm. and then he came back a bit later on in the series as Tyler and Laurel's son when he's grown to adulthood on the crazy time crystal planet.
3: Um,
2: so yeah, he's, he's clearly going to be a guy who recurs as various characters.
3: So he is this, um, uh, this, uh, uh, this
2: generation's Jeffrey uh, Combs.
3: Exactly. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yes. mm.
2: Well, do you know, it's funny after, after Rin was blown away and I, at the end of the episode, the first thing I did was send a message to Noah, Ava Cats. Katz, and just just say how sorry I was that he, he you know Rin had gone, and I really hoped that he'd had a chat with Ken Mitchell about how to recur as other characters yeah. <laughs> um, but yes um his character was really good um it was it was it's quite interesting because he's kind of he's, he's, he's not a bad guy but he's he's with the bad guys for the for the kind of yeah
1: and he, he gave us an interesting perspective on Asira on mm. and her, her group and, mm. and kind of explained to us why people would be caught up in that. Mm. Um, and I, I liked that. I liked seeing that perspective. Mm. Yeah, he was an interesting character in his own right. Yeah, I thought, definitely.
2: absolutely. Um, I, I was lucky enough to see Ken Mitchell um, at DST in 18. Um, him and Mary Chifo did a panel. I think a free one on the Sunday, and he was just—he just comes up on the stage and he really just starts talking, cling on to the crowd in a really dramatic way. He's absolute—he's <laughs> awesome. So glad they brought him back because um, he has ALS, which is hence why he's in the um, in the future wheelchair and that. Um, if, if you remember all the ice bucket challenge thing, that was in support of the ALS condition.
1: Mm-hmm. Ah, right. Okay.
0: So it's a bit like. Um, ALS is a bit like motor neuron disease. Is that right?
2: I, I, I think so. I'm really not very educated on it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as just the fact that they they were still they were like you know is part of the family. Let's bring him back. Let's find a role, and they did. Was was a joy, mm-hmm. and he was really good. Yeah, because um, yeah, like when, yeah. when he had to stand up to Asira and yeah you know, about the torturing, mm-hmm. that was a really good moment. Um, uh, so whether we'll see him back he was I you know, was kind of on the ship still for a while was not he so
3: yes there's no there was no uh, talk of what happened to that character was no,
2: there?
1: no. Because he'd
3: clearly sided with the crew
2: yeah and the federation could always use yeah. another keen scientific mind so no, yeah I don't think we've yeah. seen the last of Ken Mitchell on discovery by a long stop shot so.
0: there at this point in the finale the burnham Guess he been in, removes stamets from discovery. Yeah. They'll
1: die a terrible, painful death. Damn it, Michael! Look at me. Osira well, will destroy what is left of the Federation,
0: and she's going to use you to do it. No, no, no. We we have time. Right now, you and me. Let's go. We have time. What are you doing? Yeah. I think that I that creates a. Like a rift between those two characters, I imagine. Absolutely,
3: yeah.
2: we we see it in the finale. Then you know, there's the touching reunion between Culber, Stamets, and Adira, and Stamitz looks up at Burnham, and then he looks away, and you can see he's not forgiven her.
3: No,
2: and no. I'm, I'm I'm really really looking forward because it was I was thinking shortly before I watched the finale that in the early promotional materials for Discovery when they were sort of announcing actors. Before they even announced who would play Burnham, they announced um, uh, Anthony Rapp playing Stamets, and they listed Stamets as Burnham's best friend on the ship. And I kind of think that's something that didn't really play out. And i would probably say Tilly was the best friend in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So and I mean, it was sort of I think I think in Magic to make the sanest man go mad, St- the Burnham and Stamets did really connect on a certain level, but. Yeah, it didn't really play, and I kind of always thought well, I'd love to have get a bit more into what Stamets and Burnham's relationship really is. And then we had this moment. I thought, oh my god, next year we're really we are hopefully going to explore this because what what Burnham did is tactically correct and and in every way, Stamets at that point was the only person who could fly the Spore Drive. Starfleet mm. could not lose him because he could build another Spore Drive and pilot it if Asaya got him. Mm. It, it's it's game over so what she did is actually, yeah. but you know as, as, a, as, a, as a father what Stamets was saying absolutely 100% can agree with mm. so it's a very yeah. difficult thing and I you know the fact he's just not I'm so glad they haven't just said he hasn't just gone oh well you know we all have to do what we have
1: to do mm, <laughs> I'm really yeah.
2: and I want to see this continue so,
1: no. yeah but I, I, I do think Burnham's decision was the right one, ultimately, and, and it, it sort of saved the day, really, mm-hmm. when Asara got got control of Discovery and yeah. took it off. But, yeah, it was pretty pretty cold.
3: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I got slightly frustrated mm-hmm. in the finale when, when Stamets ran up to Admiral Vance and just started shouting, I've got to go back there. You know. he, at no point did he say to Admiral Vance what would have been a very, very key phrase, there's a planet made of fucking dilithium.
3: <laughs> I think
2: that would have yeah. been a bit of a game change a bit of information that Vance did not have
1: <laughs> that's true actually. and I think yeah. the
2: idea of Osiris running towards a planet of Dilithium would have made him che- you know, change tack a little bit and I'm not sure why Stamets didn't sound say- I-, I realize Stamets was not emotionally in a great place <laughs> it's in panic
1: but yeah
2: yeah, yeah I think he should Maybe have
1: he just up. forgot <laughs> he forgot it was made of Dilithium <laughs> mm. oops <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's prime concern is who's yeah. there.
1: But yeah. <laughs> and then in the finale, we get some we get some exciting pyrotechnics and, and Discovery drops. It uh, kind of gets enveloped in Osiris' ship mm. and then yes. the crew get control of it and they drop the warp core and then jump away and they blow up the ship and all that stuff's pretty cool, I thought. I, I liked it. It's
3: cool. <clears throat> But we had questions. Yeah, is it in the, there... the drop in the walk core? Why did they need to blow the ship up in order to jump out using the spore drive?
2: They didn't. But yeah. if, if it, it, it's it's essentially crippling the enemy ship to stop pursuit.
0: But they but mm. in the episode they clearly say that they need to do that to get out of the ship. They did. Yes, did they?
3: they did. Our priority is to get out of here and get back to the nebula as quickly as possible. And you think they could still be alive? I don't know.
0: We have to find out. The Bridgeon won't just let us go.
3: I don't expect them to. Which is why we have to eject the warp core and blow our way out.
2: What? I didn't I yeah. I didn't read it as that.
3: I'm no. Uh, no, I'm with I'm with I'm
2: with Rick. Not saying
0: so, like, How wrong, do we get? I don't... Uh, basically, how do we get out of the ship? Or would we need to drop the warp core? That'll blow. will blow a hole in the ship, and we'll get out. Mm. But then they just That's... use a spore drive
2: because they've spore drived into the core yeah. of
0: Kronos mm.
3: So
2: I don't see. I'm just skimming memory alpha for it now
0: because. Um... Um, just before, going back a little bit in this episode, there was um, mm. there was a bit of there was a bit of weird dialogue that I noticed that I wasn't sure why they chose that dialogue. So mm. it's in the scene where, um, book has the kind of mental controller on him and they're torturing him to get information out of Burnham. And, um, is it Zara? The, the kind of Al, the, the bad Al Pacino ripoff guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. He's like, ah, oh, uh, this is what's called uh, a no-win situation. <laughs> and, I'm Al Pacino, um, and and Burnham says I don't believe in no's. <laughs> and I thought, what? Yeah, well that's,
3: uh, that's a that's a callback,
0: isn't it? Yeah, but but it's a terrible one. Why? I, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why he said this is what's called a no-win situation, and why didn't Burnham say? I don't believe in a no-win situation.
3: Right. Mm. Can I just uh, clarify? Do you, are, you, are you saying she said, I don't believe in no's, or I don't believe in those?
0: No's. Oh. I. Sorry? She said, I don't believe in no's. No, she didn't. I thought I, thought I don't believe anyway. in those. no's. No's, I... No, she said
3: those, I'm... as in, I don't believe in yeah. those no-win situations. Yeah.
2: this is a no-win situation, don't believe in them. This is what's called a no-win situation.
3: I don't believe in those. Well, then you still have a lot to learn.
0: okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> a dialogue query. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I, well, oh, no, Well, I still think it's kind of clunky. I don't yeah. know why she said, I don't believe in those. <laughs> I, th- I still don't feel like that was a... So, punch you one liner, so do you think, one, miss, do you think, miss, you think a better one-liner
3: would be, so I don't believe in no-win
1: situations? Uh, I guess... That, that would directly echo guy. Kirk.
2: I don't believe in the no-win yeah. situation. Um,
1: but it would also sort of echo the she'd be parroting the previous line mm. back to yeah. um, Al Pacino, so I, I don't know.
2: I don't believe in those. To clarify, the no-win situation is what I do not believe in. Yeah. That's even clickier, man. <laughs> I thought yeah I thought she said I don't believe in nose so I thought no. um, oh, right. only Saru could say that because he
0: hasn't got one uh, good point. Uh, and, and the other thing was there's a bit of the episode where something the the turbo lift goes into like a massive massive chamber. Oh yeah! Oh. Was- I, I knew we'd come onto this.
2: Sure. I
3: knew this was going to There's come up. Of why is there atmosphere in the massive chamber? And also, where is the massive chamber?
1: Yeah, I mean, this. someone heard someone describe that in on Twitter as uh, like I didn't understand why they suddenly went into an Intel Pentium <laughs> uh, processor advert from the 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: uh, do you know? Um, it's, it is frustrating this bit because a lot of people are really bothered by it. and it took a lot of people out of the episode, I think. Um, and I, as I look at it, I'm going to kind of acknowledge if that's supposed to be the inter- interior of discovery, the scale seems off. It seems larger. Mm-hmm. I will, I'll, I'll you know and as, as a staunch defender of almost everything Star Trek, I will concede, <laughs> I think it looks. and I think we maybe should have seen closer up sides of internal compartments. Um, I don't mind the general system and I, I, technical manuals from way back to in enterprise D have said that there is a certain amount of empty space in, in the internal volume. So it's not just like every single bit of the ship is a layer of deck. Um, there is com- squared off compartments
3: and there's internal empty volume. And- but if you look at, if you look at those on the, on the sides of the, the walkways, you have the maps of the ship, and they're all—it's all like decked. Yeah. There's no kind of massive vault space in the middle of it. All. No, but
2: they are—they are, they are two-dimensional two um, representations. So at some point, yes, there is a deck at some point across the whole lot, but in between, there, there is still compartments. Um,
0: but not one that big.
2: No, no. Like, like I say, I think the scale is—the scale is off. I think they've gone for impressive. Um, I mean, if you look at if you look at memory alpha, which I'm looking at right now, um, and it says um, in the, there's literally a point in continuity for this episode, the interior workings of discovery shown regarding the turbo turbolifts and the ejection of the warp core suggests that the vessel technology is rendering it bigger on the inside, presumably related to the upgrades received in scavengers. The crew of Enterprise NX-01 encountered a 31st century vessel with similar technology in future tents.
0: Boo! That's a, that's a fuff. That's a
2: complete fuff. I, 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 just think I'm, I'm going to basically, in my, in my head, camp, I'm ignoring the scale in that, in, in those. Wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, guys. What can,
0: I, what can I smell there? What can I smell? Oh, it's, it's bullshit. <laughs> that's, come on, come on, Rick, admit it, that, that is space bullshit.
2: It is, it is, it's, I, I don't believe void, um, discovery is bigger on the inside.
0: I I just uh, it it didn't it didn't make any sense to me it it it, it did take me out of the episode for a bit because I just found myself thinking where is this happening
2: <laughs> Yeah, I mean uh, 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 the, the scales off and it didn't take me out of the episode except for a moment. When I thought people are going to fucking bitch about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, yeah, you go you right. I went, up, I went <laughs> why on Twitter they afterwards.
3: Do why do you think? I, I, didn't, I didn't even notice whilst, what. to be fair, I didn't notice whilst watching it. I was taking out. I did think, I did wonder why there was atmosphere in it, but I didn't yeah, notice. That was your bigger issue, yeah, wasn't it?
1: Why? Why yeah.
3: where is this fucking massive room uh, until now? Um, and it hmm. doesn't any There's atmosphere
2: in it because turbolifts sometimes get stuck and people climb out.
3: So, <laughs> well, do you mean? That often, yeah. often people
2: like, every
1: other journey. Maybe they should. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, well, yeah. I think that I think that's why they keep medical packs right outside of holodex, isn't it? You know? um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's a thing. I think the scales off. I'm not massive, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of just writing it off as a visual effects error in the end, like seeing a, a an energy beam come out of the wrong bit of the Enterprise in episodes previously. It's just, it is it's what like it dumb. is, you know. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I don't subscribe to the idea that is bigger on the inside. So I just kind of have to say, Neh. I have to accept it for what it is there. it's It didn't take me out the episode at the time, apart from, as I said, I was like, can I get some complaints? I enjoyed the action sequence. I particularly enjoyed when the guy um, threatened the cats because <laughs> I thought, fucking hell, you're in trouble now. So I knew Book was going to come back <laughs> strong there. Is it, you, don't, you know, I don't mind if it's going to threaten the lives of everyone on board. It'll, it'll, it'll mm. lose the fight. He threatens Cat, though. Fucking hell, suddenly he's possessed a superhuman strength and fighting ability. So... <laughs>
1: I would have liked to see the cat get involved in the action sequences because the cat is big. I think it can hold its own. It could have eaten that guy. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been a really unusual um, <laughs> that would have been one of the most unusual Star Trek deaths, I think. And I, that would I would have liked that. <laughs> But they didn't do that. No, they. Yeah, I guess (laughs) fair decision. When when
2: when Booker shouts, "She's a queen," is that a better line than uh, I don't believe in those?
0: I don't believe in those, or (laughs) either either or. (laughs) Going going back, will can when we when you edit this, can you edit out the bit where I talk about (laughs) Bernie?
1: I think I might edit that bit into the beginning so we sort of <laughs> open the episode with that and then... I was it. sure it
0: was I don't believe in those.
1: You know, it's funny though, thinking back, I think that I thought the same thing at the time. Um, You're just trying to make him feel... <laughs> hey, is that does that seem like something that this guy would do? <laughs> yeah, to be fair. I don't think so. <laughs> I, no, I, I, do think, I do think Burnham... Um, Oh, do you know what? I'm going to, well, when we when we when I edit this, I'm going to put in the clip, yes. uh, and then the viewers can decide what it sounds like. <laughs> <Put> listen <laughs> this is what's called a no win situation. I
3: don't believe in those. I don't believe in those. I don't believe in those.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. For, for our viewers, please don't strain your eyes trying to see us because it's an audio medium, <laughs> and I'm really worried about you hurting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, uh, uh, a lot of this kind of then ultimately brings us to the end, um, and Burnham is made captain. So, where do we, where do we, where do we stand on this, mm. this surprising event?
1: Have you spoken with Saru? Yes, sir, I have. You but... want to see the Captain Discovery? I do too. I I was okay with that. I yeah. kind of felt like the decision uh, to make her a captain didn't seem that crazy, considering what uh, what the admiral has seen. Like there's a, there's kind of the dialogue where he says, "Well, she's you know she's gone off, done her own thing, but it has worked and she has got results." Mm. Maybe you know the federation needs a captain like that. Doesn't seem so far away from how uh, Kirk gets promoted in mm-hmm. um, the Kelvinverse mm-hmm. movies. Absolutely, yeah. And so I think it. I think it, it's fair to question whether that's the right decision. But I didn't feel like it was unrealistic that that happened in the show.
2: Mm.
1: If you see what I mean?
2: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, Star Trek has a history of characters. In- off semi-rogue off on their own thing i don't know and, and get rewarded for it you know even even kirk going back in time mucking up the timeline and bringing some whales into the future they're rewarding mm-hmm. for it yeah, yeah they call it demotion but you know it's a reward they give them the new enterprise and everything <laughs> um so yeah you kind of yeah um I, but compared with what we were saying, like in the last episode about Burnham having consequences for her rogue actions, how do we feel about this? In because I, I don't necessarily see her going diehard in this as a rogue action, which some people in reactions no. seem to think. But I think, well,
3: how how is trying to take back
1: your ship a rogue? No, action?
3: She,
2: she's yeah. got no she's got no yeah. contravening. She's doing her best to take back the ship, so I think.
1: Yeah, I think she's, she's doing what was is expected of a of a starfleet officer mm. in, in that regard. Yeah, really, absolutely. it's more it's more her earlier actions, uh, like going off to save Book, mm. um, disobeying a direct order from Saru, which is the which is the bigger issue, mm. I think. But um, you know, she did bring back some valuable information from that. Yes, she did. I, I just the thing that I I I. I don't mind that she's been made a captain I, and I, what i think is interesting about that is that in previous star trek shows we've seen very static uh roles for the characters you know mm-hmm. um voyager tng enterprise the captain is the captain from the pilot to the mm-hmm. finale mm-hmm. and i think it's interesting we have a star trek show where that can change but also, I think, well, what about Saru? What's I know Saru to what's be the Saru captain.
3: Yeah. He was a really
0: good captain.
2: Saru, t- yeah. I mean, Saru took a leave of absence, hasn't he? So he has left Discovery without a captain. That's is, you know, if he hadn't mm. done that, he'd still be captain. So, and he's recommended yeah. her for it. So I kind of, I, I don't know how it's going to work next season when Saru, well, obviously Saru's back. Doug Jones has already posted a video of him shaving his head for season four. Because he ah, always does that okay. at the beginning of filming for the makeup, mm-hmm. and the um, the producers have said, "Of course, we've got Doug Jones, and he's going to be in the series, but how that will oh. work out, I'll be I'll be interested to see." So, so I'm not too. I mean, I was a massive massive lobby for Surrey being captain. I was so happy at the beginning of the series when they said he was going to be captain. So, mm-hmm. but um, at the same time, as we said, it's Burnham's show. So, you know, actually, is this, yeah. is this time
0: yeah. for her to be the captain? And, and, I, think, I think it's a natural progression for that hmm. character. I, I agree. I, there's just part of me that's sad that that Saru didn't get to sort of defend his ship in the finale as a captain. Yeah. I, I, understand yeah. I understand his storyline took him away from that. So that wasn't possible. Hmm. But uh, I don't know. I, I do have faith in the... In the people behind Discovery, the writers and the people making it, that that they have a good plan for for that character. Do you have faith of the heart? I, um, <laughs> I have faith of the knees, because
2: <laughs> it has been a long road getting them from there to yeah, here.
0: I, it's oh. it's um, it started at it my feet. I had faith of the feet. Now I've got faith of the knees, <laughs> and then I'll have faith of a special place, and then eventually <laughs> faith of the heart. Um, but yeah, um, I feel like maybe with Burnham as a captain now, there might be a better role for her because you'd hope that maybe she would do less of the things that perhaps people find a little kind of grating in terms of constantly, uh, up until recently, constantly kind of doing her own thing and having a bit of a saviour complex.
3: But is it is it going to be... Is it putting shackles on that character, though? I don't
0: know. I suppose it's it's a challenge, isn't it? It's it would be. Mm. I think it would be good. I think it would be good to have a character, a crew member on Discovery who isn't sort of as on board with the whole Burnham thing as everybody else seems to be. Everyone seems to really love her. Maybe Stamets. Mm. And yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I, just just a character, just a character that kind of. Isn't is is going to sort of stand up to her? Well, um, I, but that's the, that's that's the potential for the new series, isn't it? That's what a new series offers. It's um, so, I don't know
2: something. Me
0: and my imaginary
2: friend Niall were discussing after the finale was her, having her in the in the authority position could be a really good thing in terms of what if one of the crew does basically pulls a Burnham and goes off mm-hmm. rogue how is she going to deal with that? Because they've always got the things like, yeah. well, you fucking did it. You know, I want to a next series. I want to see Detmer go off half, half-cocked on a, on a ridiculous mission against orders and then yeah. Burnham have to try and deal with that.
1: That's yeah. the that, great thing that they does. Still- mm. Even better drama could be Burnham having to try and deal with Detmer's really nutty haikus. <laughs> The drones
0: can't get Stamets' blood off the med bay floor. No, wait. No one can clean Stamets' blood. (laughs) (gasps) Okay, I've got it, I've got it. No one can get Stamets' blood. Oh, shoot. No, wait, 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 wait. Stamets' blood is so red.
2: Uh, and um, to be honest, yeah, Detma's haikus weren't brilliant. She was really struggling. Um, one of the things I had to yeah. do the last week um, as part of homeschooling with my kids was they helped them write a haiku. You know I had to do a haiku, and I'm like looking at it and I'm thinking, you, "You you got the hang of this quicker than Detma did."
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, no dis- did you say that?
2: No disrespect
1: to Detma, she's a capable
2: great. officer and a brilliant pilot. But you
0: know. Um, homeschooling is fun. We are writing some haikus. <laughs> then let's have some lunch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was less that was less weird and violent than that was. I I think that's the that's probably that's the better haiku. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I suppose what you're getting at is, is that we were preoccupied with stomach bleeding and injuries.
1: Yeah. I, I was going to say, did you, did you think, oh, do you know what? Maybe I'll show uh, my young son a recent episode of Star Trek where some mm-hmm. colourful haikus were, were read out <laughs> over a lovely dinner. <laughs> definitely not.
2: But and strangely, I'm, I risk of going off on a tangent because um, my boys do a drama cl- um, drama club. Thing. and one of the things they working on they start work on know start working on today was they're gonna do um, a particular song that had a, a lot of familiarity to me because so I, I was sort of listening through to a zoom thing doing it uh, and I heard him start going I am the very model of a modern major general and I thought oh I have to show him disaster and that short <laughs> trek that um, where number one and <laughs> Spock are trapped in the turbo lift." so <laughs> Because both of those feature that bit of music, and I'm very excited. Yeah, disaster's an amazing episode, and that short track's really good as well. So,
1: yeah, um, yeah, disaster's a, a cracking episode. Yeah, I
2: mean, a, a very tiny amount of it is dedicated to that song, so I might struggle to justify that as helpful to his drama. But you know, we'll see.
1: <laughs> in the, in the interests of of kind of rounding things up a bit, thinking about time, would it be worth it? Kind of doing a bit, of going around and just talking about what our thoughts for the se- for season three were. Once, overall, once we cover
2: one more issue, oh, okay. Uniforms. What, what's everyone's thoughts?
1: I I think they're okay. I do you know I didn't have a strong opinion either way i had to say i think i think there was so much other stuff going on in the finale i felt like i was getting my head around what i thought of the finale and the new new uniforms came in and my brain was like i can't form an opinion on another thing i'm going to think about this in the future okay. so i so will don't will well
2: while, while Gemma and rick are talking about it. Can you get your ass off the fucking fence and have an opinion, right?
1: <laughs> oh jeez. Okay, well it's not comfortable on the fence anyway. So alright. I'll I'll listen to your um thoughts and what the um uniforms are like and then I will side with what I think is the popular <laughs>
3: <laughs> um I
0: I think I've gotten used to the the ones that we've had for the past few seasons. So the the grey ones, the new ones seem a bit more formal. They seem mm. a bit more stiff, fabric-wise. Yeah. So I would say I'm I'm not I don't dislike them. It would just take me a bit of time to get used to them. I think.
2: Yeah, I think more than anything, it's a jarring, sudden change, isn't it? You're like mm. we've we've got used to these uniforms. I quite like the Discovery uniforms. Uh, totally, what you say about formal is right. But I kind of think actually. Because they basically say at the end, the mission now is to go around as a semi as dilithium delivery truck, but also to try and use that delivery thing to get more worlds to come back to the Federation. So is it then that they need to present their most formal, smart-looking self? Is this the is this the smart uniform to go and show us show show the best side kind of thing?
0: Yeah, I mean it would be cool if in season four discovery was sort of. Going around reconnecting with planets that hadn't been part of the Federation for a while, and you get to sort of kind of reference planets, perhaps that we've seen in previous seasons. This this
2: is the thing I want to know where all those other races we know about are. We've seen where where Earth is, where the Trill are, where the Vulcans and Romulans are. So where's where's the, where are the Cardassians? Where are the Ferengi? Where are the Klingons? Yeah. yeah. So that's the that's the.
1: Yeah.
0: Where's peanut hamper?
1: <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> so many unanswered questions Gemma what do you think of the uniforms
3: uh, well I mm, I wasn't keen that they changed them just because it's different and I liked yeah. the old ones but really it makes sense that they would change them that they're now part of this the current federation therefore they would wear the uniform yeah, yeah no it makes sense um, they were They're a bit bland Compared to the nice Midnight blue With the gold and silver trimmings Yeah,
1: but
3: yeah It makes sense Fine.
2: Um, I'm yeah. first, um, I'm, the grey is the hardest part for me I'm not a fan of the grey um, mm. But I mean I, I think I, I, Whenever you change uniforms I have a sort of level of eh, I'm not keen on that mm. And then gradually I come to accept it And then I think it's the best ever and then I'll settle down into it. It's probably like my fourth or fifth favourite or something. (laughs) (laughs) like
0: that.
2: What I do like is division colours are back properly. Yeah. Division colours on on Discovery uniforms were problematic in that they were gold, silver, and bronze, and bronze and gold on screen didn't really show up as particularly different Mm -hmm. to me, whether that's me Mm -hmm. up my eyes or just generally, because they're quite fucking similar. Um, So I really didn't get on with those. So going back to the classic red... Gold and um, blue. Oh, actually, also um, medical is now denoted with white on those stripes, which makes Mm. more sense because I think, yes, medical is a science, but also you need to be able to tell your astrophysicist apart from your doctor in certain situations, (laughs) don't you?
1: yeah yeah certainly (laughs) that's a good point
2: help me I've been shot well that's great but you know I'm a stellar cartographer
1: yeah I I can tell you where Mars is but uh, can I stop that (laughs) bleeding Mars is over there sorry yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's the last thing he heard (laughs) frustrating for
2: him Uh, um, so, so where does that leave you now Will
1: Oh, God, I was hoping you guys would forget that I said I was going to make a decision. Do you know what? I think I want to reserve judgment until I see the uniforms in action. Fair enough. Uh, I, I want to see what um, what blood looks like on the new uniforms.
3: Ooh, well, that's what you say about all new uniforms. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's true, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do you think of these new jeans, Will? Well, Gemma, <laughs> i reserve... oh, no, I'm not going to
3: say, that's going to say mm. it. It's just, like,
1: just like a brutal injury, I not know, gonna, okay, yeah, too you, much.
3: You, yeah, you chased a long piece of clothing that, Will. Well. <laughs> I
1: guess so, yeah. Fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> I don't
3: want
2: I don't wanna wanna go to go close shopping it, with you, Will.
3: <laughs> <laughs> was it in... Um, <laughs> she you um, the new socks, Will. Was it in
0: season two that... Was it in season two that Nan talked... Was it she wore a... a dress with pockets, like her uniform was that?
2: Was that right? It's early season three, actually. I think Ooh. when Detmer went to the sick bay, we saw Narn wearing a scant version of the right. Discovery uniform. Oh.
0: So maybe that um. comes back. We got to see that come back? As long as that's still...
2: Yeah, well, I think more scants. Always need more scants, Sadrack. <laughs> I don't know why the scants ever went out of <laughs> fashion.
0: <laughs> um... Yeah, but I, overall I don't I don't hate it. I think I'm just going to have to get used to it.
2: Yeah, it's always an adjustment. It's it's a it's a, it's a bit it's a big change and but <laughs> I, I think, this, I I think, think the green main problem be more,
0: is that we've also sort of they, they need more of a, of a Picard style tug down. They mm. ride up more, I reckon.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think the main problem is that the 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 discovery uh, um uh, it's so distinctive and it's so strong it's mm. a strong color and it's a mm. strong look and it's nice it's a nice clean lines and and then this gray is just a bit wishy-washy and it's not very interesting and it's a bit bland and i think that might be the problem with it they're, they're also
2: yeah. slightly but, reminiscent of the motion picture pajama uniforms
3: mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Which no one was a big fan of, were they? No. On this podcast, anyway. <laughs> what does? Uh, what's everyone's concluding feelings on on season three? Do you think?
3: I think it was. I think it was a strong start, hmm. and uh, I don't think it ended as strongly as it started
1: for hmm. me.
3: Um okay. I have I have my problems with the conclusion of the burn I think he had some interesting points, but I found it unsatisfying. I think the whole mirror universe once again kind of stalled stalled the main storyline. Um
1: mm.
3: I dunno. Yeah. So I not, enjoyed it.
1: But not wholly positive. Not whole, I guess. Well,
3: not negative so much as dissatisfied. Yeah, dissatisfied, mm. I would say.
1: Okay. Okay. So I, I did really like season three, and I certainly I think that the the first sort of six, seven episodes were consistently excellent. Mm. And like, like you, I didn't love the Mirror Universe story, but I did enjoy the finale. I think particularly the last two parts of the of the three part season finale I thought were pretty great mm. um, and over, overall I yeah, I re, I really liked it I think it's been one of the strongest seasons of Discovery we had so far I don't know I, I would have said up to about halfway through I would have said this is definitely my favourite season of Discovery and now mm. we've got to the end of the season I don't know I don't know I didn't completely love the ending and so yeah I, d- I don't i don't know but i but i th- i thought it was really good and i know from um from the sort of twitter responses that uh rick had when when he sent out his, his message and from from other people that generally season three seems to be really well received mm-hmm. and a lot of people have really loved it and, um and I think that's great
3: mm. i think you know, it's it's far it was better than season two i think mm. that is that
1: is absolutely for sure I yeah think i is. think
3: but on the whole i i think it was far better than season two
1: I think I agree with that i, th- I think season one might be my favorite so far mm. i think i she really really liked season one i think see yeah by but, but i think I prefer season three to season two mm. yeah mm. that's 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 my conclusion i think okay.
0: Yeah, I think I'd agree with you guys for the most part. I think it was great. The decision to move it into the 32nd century worked really well. I think those early episodes were were great. Um, and and then it just kind of lost something mid-season and then the finale probably didn't kind of excite me as much as a season finale might do. But I, But overall, I enjoyed it. I think that it um it sets up it sets up something really interesting interesting for season four. I just tend to think that the, the the things that I would like from season four are just like discovery doesn't have to be saving the world every episode we could have some episodes mm-hmm. where where which are just a bit more a bit where, where you know just a bit where, where less is at stake um mm. I think that's those are the things that, that for me, um, work against it a little. Is that they they only have a certain amount of episodes to tell whatever story they want to do. It's not like they have twenty episodes anymore, <laughs> where they need to have yeah. episodes that fill time and allow us to get a bit more insight into the characters. So, it yeah, I, I thought season three was fine. Started really strongly, and then faded a little from there but but not to the point where i there were no bad episodes anyway
2: well i'm just going to go to one of our twitter responses from um uh, yes another friend of the show rich masters um who said i really like this season i still think some elements are glossed over too quickly and some are lingered on too long but all in all i really enjoyed it and i think that speaks to some of the things we said that there is only a certain amount of episodes and they pack a lot of story in and I think Rich is absolutely right that some elements are glossed over way too quickly. There are bits of the story I think Discovery, and this is a, bit, a critique I've had of season one and two as well. Um, yes, sometimes I do critique. Um,
3: <laughs>
2: but, um, that Discovery packs a lot of story and doesn't always give all of the points enough time. It doesn't give them justice. Um, and I think that's partly because this is the the, the years we're in TV is now shorter seasons and big on content and action and stuff does get missed. Um, and it is, it's, it's frustrating sometimes because sometimes I wish they would follow up on some storylines and, and some character beats and they don't get, like I was saying earlier, I, I really wish the stammert Spurner relationship had got more time um, and I'm hoping it will do next season uh, but it's, it's, it's later than I would have liked. And I fully agree with, with Rich that, you know, Stuff does get glossed over. And I think, as as you were saying, Rick, it's, they just don't have enough time to cover everything properly sometimes. They could do more with so many more story elements. But saying that, I'm now going to refer to um, a response we got from Amy Nelson, who was uh, formerly the Earl Grey podcast, which is one I really liked and now on Galaxy Class. Um, and she said... It was my favorite season so far, but I said that about season two. They just keep getting better. Uh, and absolutely, I agree. I, this is my favorite season so far because I feel Discovery's freed itself this year. It mm. spent two years establishing itself, establishing itself in Star Trek lore by being deep in a time that we knew about, a time where we could have Spock, Klingons um, at a particular point. You know, the, All the things that we know about feature the Enterprise. And then once we got that so entrenched that we had those links, we had Sarek, we had Spock, Burnham's connection to Vulcan, the mirror universe and things, we can then just jump ahead in the future and we've got the freedom to play with these things as much as we like. So they could have Vulcan reunified, and I think that's an amazing thing they've done. So um, Vulcan's and Romulans back together, and this is a whole new galaxy to play with now. We've got Earth out of the Federation, Trill's kind of trying to rejoin, and... Um, and all those other races still untouched. So particularly for future seasons, we've got so much potential now and it's very exciting. And I just I just feel that this season felt so much freer of the shackles of continuity in a way, not to say that they can ignore continuity because they 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 do pay respect to it. They feature the garden of forever. you know there's known races, but we don't have to put things back in a certain way because we know that Kirk's time is a few years ahead and we've got to leave them, leave leave things tidy for that. We don't have to worry about it anymore. We can play with these things in whole new ways, and I think that's going to be really, really interesting and really fun. So, um, yeah, uh, like Rich said, I think, as always, Discovery has rushed a lot of things into um, a short space of episodes, and I wish we could dedicate more time. But that's always going to be a complaint, I think. So, apart from that, I bloody loved it.
1: Yeah, you know, overall, I have a have a positive experience of season three, mm. and you know, I hope that the writers and producers keep on making a really interesting show that's yeah. occasionally really surprising mm. and uh, does unexpected things, and yeah, hope it hope it runs for many seasons.
2: So I've got one more one more Twitter comment I want to reference, and that is mm. from uh, our our good friend Ian House who, when I have asked, uh, what did you think about season three? What's your favourite episode or moment? And he said, music at the end was fantastic. <laughs> Ian, is that no, the best I thing think. you can think of to say about season three? Did you hate it or what?
0: <laughs> I was wondering that. But I guess, I guess... The, the it does use the original series music at the end, and that was nice.
2: In fairness, though, they did that in the first season yeah, as well. Yeah. So it's not even a new move.
1: Ah, yeah. They did, yeah. Um, yeah. So I
2: don't, I, I don't know. Ian can sometimes be a man of few words. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, yeah, cool. You know, ro- roll on um, season four, and I hope we we're here discussing well, that. They're, when they're filming. It's, it's
2: happening. So. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, we may even be lucky enough to get the start of it this year. I don't know. It depends how everything works out in the world, I guess.
1: Uh, yeah. We live in uncertain yeah. times. Yes, let's uh, let's say goodbye, I think. I just I want to raise really one more. No, I'm Sorry. joking. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not, not going to ask if anyone has any final thoughts because if they do, I don't want to hear them. <laughs> yeah. Give them to yourselves.
3: Send them on Twitter.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. But uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening, yes. um, listeners. And we'll be back in the future with more episodes.
2: Yes, thank you so
3: much.
1: Thank you.
3: thank you. Bye. 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 Yeah. Thank you, bye.
1: Do you
2: realise how incredible this is? Have this tradition! You ever noticed that bum?
0: What? That bum.
3: Oh, no! I will say... I will say... Fewer, fewer things. Fewer things.
0: Okay. Enough of this self-indulgence.
1: Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, our website is www.lowerdecksradio.co.uk. You can reach us on the Twitters at at10backward, 10, 10 being the number, and backward being the word backward. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash 10 backward podcast. You can also email us at crew at loweredextradio.co.uk. On a personal, individual level, my Twitter is at Turland. Rick Everson's Twitter is at TrekfanRick. And Rick Palmer's Twitter is at Mister Imhotep. Hi, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did,
2: you might consider supporting us. We have now have a Patreon uh, where people can uh, pledge small amounts to fund uh, ongoing projects like uh, keeping our website up to date, uh, um, new audio equipment as we're going along and potentially uh, opportunities to expand our content. Uh, you can go look at this at patreon.com forward slash Lower Decks radio. Uh, if you don't feel you can donate but would still like to support us, we would love it if you could subscribe to us on however get your podcasts through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or we're on various third party apps. And if you could leave us a review on any of those, that would be fantastic and would be very appreciative.
1: Thanks again for listening and please tune in for more podcasts from the Ten Backward Crew.
0: Let's make sure that history never forgets the name. Ten Backward.
1: Daddy, don't you think you should rephrase that? Ten backward. Ten backward. It's made of our shit, you know. That's the base material that we use in our replicators. We deconstruct it to the atomic level and then reform the atoms. It's pretty good for shit.